Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. But we're zooming because we're really doing good at keeping our social distancing today. Yes, yeah, you got to keep that distance. You got to just participate. <laughs> this is Lauren <laughs> Popoff, everyone. She is Hi. beautiful, talented, fun. You're probably one of the most fun people that I know. Really. Oh my gosh, thank you. Oh, it was so funny when Jared and I were talking last night about the podcast. He's like, "Do we have champagne? You should probably have a mimosa." I'm like, "I know, but." I didn't. I just rocked the green tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, Lauren, yeah. you're the kind of person that when there's like a party happening or a gathering happening, you know how to make people all get together, start having a good time, maybe dance, laugh. I feel like that is just such a talent that you have. Where did that come from? Where did your sense of just like, let's enjoy life, have fun while we're together mentality come from? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy because I feel like I've been like that ever since I was a, like a baby. I'm the youngest of two. So I literally am just like the baby. It was just my sister and I, and she's very like by the book. She's very like, do the right thing, study, get the good grades, like that whole thing. And I'm way more of like the typical baby, like free spirit, just kind of like go with the flow, but always kind of like vying for that like attention or or whatever you know so it's just I've always kind of been like the rough and tumble but I love a good time like I I would much rather you know now being older and just kind of being more aware of your thoughts and whatever I would much rather be in a positive situation obviously wouldn't we all so I kind of just try to turn it into that if I can you know life's too short and you can't really just dwell on the crazies so that's 
I wish I was more like that <clears throat> because I sometimes love to just go super deep and overanalyze everything and get all hung up on feelings and how does that make you feel and let's talk about it. Whereas like, that's great and I think that's important, but also I'm at the point now where I've been analyzing feelings for so long. I'm like, I just want to have fun. I want to stop analyzing everything that makes me feel a certain way or that makes someone else feel a certain way. And let's just live and be in the moment. And you do that just so well. And I'm trying to take note from you. Well, I think it's kind of like one of those, the grass is always greener type of things as well, because I have always been that person that like avoided feelings. Like I would rather like laugh something off or like brush something off than actually like internalize it and kind of process it. So I mean, it's kind of, it's, I've gotten a little bit better about it, but especially when I was younger, I was like team, no feelings. Like it's either funny or it's rough and tumble or like, it doesn't matter. Like nothing mattered, you know, because then you can't like get upset about things and whatever. So I think there's always a balance and who knows if we'll ever find it. We're just trying our best at this point. <laughs> Where do you think really? that mentality came to avoid feelings? Like what, what, uh, protect Cause that's probably like a protective mechanism, right? Like what yeah. made you want to, um, kind of not tap into that? You know, I, I can't really pinpoint a certain thing. I don't know if it was like watching my sister, my sister's very sensitive and she kind of got picked on in school. And, um, I mean, nothing crazy, but it was just like, you know, looking back, it was sad to watch. And I remember her like being upset or like, you know, someone egged our house one time and she was just like in tears. And I'm like, if someone ever egged my house, like you better know I'm coming for you. It was just kind of like a different way. I think I saw her being so like hurt and I was like, no one can hurt me. You know, I, I would do it first type of thing, which is not the best either, but <laughs> I get like, that. Yeah, I think it came from that really just kind of watching other people and being like, I don't want to kind of have to deal with that. So I get that I other way. I totally get that. That makes sense. Uh, because my baby just woke up. I got to go text Michael to oh, get the baby. Sunny. Sunny. She's the sweetest. And honestly, Sunny could not be like a more perfect name for her. <laughs> she she's just so the sweet. happiest baby ever. Babies terrify me. Like I'm not like a crazy like baby person, but she's so sweet. I'll take her. Like I, I'm down for Sunny. You know, before I had Sunny, I was not a baby person at all. Like the first baby that I ever got to know was my sister's baby, uh, Genevieve, nine years ago. And before that, I had never even like held a baby. I had never really been a babysitter. Actually, I had not been a babysitter. I was not, I just wasn't into it. I was scared to death of mm -hmm. them. And then I knew I wanted to have a baby, but I was terrified of the whole process. And it has just been so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous that my life is going to be over and <clears throat> that I'm going to have so much anxiety about. I do have a lot of anxiety about like her just like staying safe, but it's been great. And she's been so fun. So I, I thank you for loving on her. You're a great. She's animal. the best. Well, you're the, you're a great mom too, but this, this baby is like the happiest baby maybe that I've ever been around. Oh, it's crazy. You're you're I so just love sweet. It. So talk to me a little Maybe bit about my niece too. Is like a little troll. Oh, uh, she is. She just she has a little attitude problem. I mean, maybe <laughs> it runs in the family, but but she just she has cranky moments. So that's okay. You know, it's a lot. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your upbringing. You grew up in California. How did you get into like hair? And now you're like 
not just doing hair, but you sell hair products and you're kicking ass at that. Like talk to me a little about your family. Like what was your upbringing like? So I grew up, yeah, Orange County, uh, California, and it was just my mom, my dad, um, me and my sister. And growing up, it was very, um, very much oriented around sports. Actually, my dad wanted a boy so bad that when he and my mom were planning the pregnancies, my sister and I were born two weeks apart, two years apart and two weeks apart, but it was like around baseball season. So like my birthday's in April, her birthday's late March, and it was literally like around baseball season. So, um, yeah, it was just, we both were super into sports. We went to the, we grew up going to the river. So that was a huge part. It was like every single weekend we would go to the river and we would even try to get out of it sometimes, you know, being younger. Cause it's like, we want to stay home with our friends. And we didn't really realize now one, just how close that kind of brought our family together with so many memories and, um, so much fun stuff like that. And, but at the time it was kind of like, I want to stay home and do that. But yeah, just really, it was like, we were fast moving always like go, 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 like lots of fun, big family. Like my dad has five siblings and they all have like multiple kids. So it was just like, we grew up very close knit family. Everyone was sports. Everyone was that. And then, um, going to the river and meeting our family friends that we grew up with, they, both of their sons went to university of Arizona. So at like 16, I remember telling my mom, like, I'm going to go to the University of Arizona. And she was like, okay, like, you've never even been there. You don't know what it is. Like, uh, and so I don't know, I don't know where that came from. So uh, <laughs> my, my Siri just like popped up and started listening to me on my computer. So I'm telling you, these computers, <laughs> they are, they are. They are monitoring us. They know everything about our lives. Yeah, it's freaky. It just like popped. It just popped up and started like I don't talking to me. She cried, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> she cried. But yeah, so just a, like it was just one of the things where I decided to just go for it. And so I enrolled, got accepted, never even saw the school. Like went, moved eight hours away, and I was pre-law. All I wanted to do since I was like 10 years old was be a lawyer. Like I thought that was going to be the best thing for me. And I got to school and I totally, the first year was normal college first year. So it was like the most fun ever, (laughs) barely went to class, like just that whole thing. But then the second year I kind of was trying to find my way and it was just like after changing my major a third time, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I came back home and just started taking random classes at uh, this community college by my house and it just like nothing was really sticking. And so I was like, you know, I think I want to, it was such a whip that I was like, I think I want to do beauty school. It's kind of one of those things where I was like, that would be fun. And, um, so I did. And then I completely fell in love with it. It was something where it became an outlet for, you know, like a creative outlet, but then it was, it went along with my personality because every client's a new client. Every client has a different story and everyone wants something different under their hair. And so it was just like fun and challenging and new all the time. And I just like grew myself into it and just started thriving in it. And I've been doing hair now for, you know, almost 11 years. And it's just like my favorite thing in the world. I love having a client sit in my chair. I get to know them. I get to learn about their life. And then I get to make them feel good about themselves. And that is something I never thought about. When you think about doing hair, it's like, oh yeah, like that's, you know, whatever. But it is like crazy how much appearances really, really make people feel good or bad. And if I could, you know, throw some extensions in there and put a couple highlights around the face and like she walks out feeling like a million bucks, that is like the best feeling ever to me. 
So with that, after doing hair for, let's see, I've been doing money for about almost three years. So my girlfriend was actually using this product and I was doing her hair, but she lived far. So I didn't see her all the time. Well, I went to brunch with her and her husband and Jared and I both were like, holy crap, her hair looks so good. Like what is she using? So I found out that she was using this money product. And so I decided to try it and I completely fell in love with it. Jared fell in love with it. My mom, my sister. And I was like, never really a person that sold products because I'm a shopper. And I feel like if you're a shopper, you want like help when you want it, but you don't like, you don't want someone pushing something on you. And it was kind of like the used car salesman analogy. So I just like never really sold that much product because I felt like they're already in my chair. They're already like paying for their services. The last thing I want to do is be like, Oh, spend an extra, you know, 80 bucks or whatever. So I can make a little commission. Like I saw it like that. And, um, I think maybe it was just, I didn't really love the lines that they carried at my salon. They were like fine, but I wasn't like obsessed with them. So once I started using this product, I literally became obsessed with it. It was like growing my hair, curing my breakage. I had like Paris Hilton circa like 2001, like little breakage halo. <laughs> I did not have an individual extensions balling out of the head like she did, but I literally like, I can see it in my head, like, like inside of my head, in my memory right now, but like, it's crazy. And so once it started growing out my hair and making my hair feel better, I was like, this is something that could make people feel better. Like it worked on me and being a hairdresser, super self-conscious about your hair. It's literally like you're a walking billboard for it. So if you're messed up, like, no one's going to want to go to you. You're killing your business. Um, so yeah, I fell into that. And now it just, it's crazy because I thought it was going to be a job that would be like, oh yeah, your product, you know, rep and you're working, you know, selling products and you make commission. But I have this, I have a team of like over a hundred girls and like I talk to them all the time. It's this big community of women that I love and it's like women helping women again, obsessed with that. It's like the more we live in these crazy times to be able to like share a community of women and that people just build each other up. Like that's really what we need. And it's so cool that we can be a part of that. And it's just like, I mean, this girl texted me last night, she hit like this huge goal that she was going for. And she was like, Lauren, I'm just in tears. And thank you so much for helping me through this. And I'm like, girl, you did this. And the crazy thing is I've known this girl for like the past 20 years, but we became th friends through the business, like through her randomly just like jumping on saying like, I want to try something new. And now it's like, we literally talk every day. So it's really cool that it's created those sort of friendships again as well. And I'm really lucky to have that because I can do it from anywhere. So I'm super, super blessed right now where I can't be in the salon, um, that I have that. And it's also the community. So it's like, you don't feel like you're alone. Um, totally. but yeah, I absolutely love it. It's just been crazy. I couldn't imagine, you know, they always say like 10 years ago, where do you think that you would be? And not here, like not any of this, but I love it. It's just crazy. It's so crazy to me. I don't know. It was cool. You had like, you hosted a big meeting at your house in Nashville and I came over and saw it and there were so many amazing women in there. And I'm kind of like you when it comes to selling products, like I feel like I am the worst at selling. Like I do not want to try to sell people anything. It makes me feel super uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm pushing something on you and I'm such a people pleaser already that I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to sit around and analyze for like an hour after I try to sell something to someone if they like are annoyed with me or if I was too pushy or whatever. But the thing I think is the difference 
and you hit on this is you truly aren't even selling it. You just believe in it. Like you just believe that you ha you are proof because it's helped your hair. And then I think that is like when I was a song plugger on music row, I could never pitch songs that I didn't believe in, like to try to oh, pitch 100%. songs to artists. And you know that with Jeremy, by the way, Lauren is married to Jeremy Popoff. He is the guitar player and lit for all y'all. Yes. He had one of the biggest songs ever. My car's in the front yard and I'm sleeping with my clothes on. Came through the window last night. Anyway, y'all know that. Yes. Like yes. classic. I love that. But so I you know. understand music because Jeremy is always doing music. He's been in the music industry forever. And as a song player, like I could not pitch a song, which is like I had songwriters under, that I would turn in songs and I was supposed to go get those songs recorded on people's albums, like artists' albums. Like if I didn't love the song, I couldn't pitch it. So like I totally understand what yeah. you're doing with. I always say it right, Mon Monat, Monate. Why can I not? Monate. Yeah, you got it the second time. It's Monate it's because it's N A T, and it's like N A T says Nat. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I get it. It's but like I think that that's the pecan. difference. Pecan, pecan, tomato, tomato. Yeah. I do think that's the difference, and I think that's why you're doing so great at this is because you genuinely believe in it. And I think that's with anything in life. If you don't really believe in what you're doing, you're not going to be successful because you're lying. No. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You're just like a big faker, like yes. a big fraud. Who wants to be that? I can't. I cannot sell something that I don't use first of all, and that I don't really feel passionate about. I kind of, it's kind of a weird analogy, but it's like, I'm not going to wear something that I'm super uncomfortable in, you know, exactly. I'm not going to, and it's literally the same to me. Like I'm not going to, I get brand like things all the time. And I'm like, I just can't, like I got one just poor, like, um, I can't even remember the name of the company now, but it's like frozen fake chicken patties. And I'm like, I just don't eat that. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to tell my people that I eat that. And like, right. they know that I don't eat that because I'm like right. at McDonald's every day eating chicken nuggets. So <laughs> I'm like, I just can't, I can't tell my people like, here, just buy something. Like, no, mm -hmm. I don't know. I agree. got to be true. Man, I used to do that in my twenties. I used to wear clothes that I was super uncomfortable in because I would care more about the outfit than I would about comfort. Now in my thirties, mm -hmm. I am like, no way. If I do not feel great in an outfit, no matter how cute I think it is, like, it's like not even worth it. You go, even if you're trying to dress up for like a red carpet or something, I will not wear anything that I don't feel great in. Even down to the shoes. Sometimes I would sacrifice for shoes. So I was like, Oh, this is an event. I need to wear these really cute, completely uncomfortable shoes. No, it ruins your whole time. So why not just work so a little true. harder, try a little longer, even though it sucks to have to go through the process of finding clothes. Sometimes find stuff that makes you feel good. So I am with you on that hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, there's so much out there. Like find, find what's for you. You know, right. like it's literally like the do you, but seriously, when there's so many options, clothes and life and careers and whatever, like if you don't like what you're doing, you don't like what you're wearing, like change the outfit, go do something else. Like you have time, you know, it's, it's seems like we've all been doing our thing for so long and change is scary. And then you're fearful or whatever it might be. But it's like, I promise you, if you just make that little change, whatever it is, like change the outfit of your life and go do something that makes you happy. You have so much more to give when you're full, you know, it's so, so, it's so true. true. You have like, so I, much more to give when you're full. That is so yeah. true. I know. And that's, I think it's been the biggest thing for me is like just finding that self 
like not self-worth because I never felt like, oh, you don't have self-worth. That's not what I mean. But like just the fulfillment, you know, and and like when you motivate yourself and you do things on your own and then you accomplish them, you feel better about yourself and then you have like more love to give. I feel like I have more love to give to my husband and my family now than I did five, six years ago because I just feel better. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay, so talk to me about that, how making sure your cup is full, because that is something that I feel like so many of us oftentimes don't even realize that we're operating from an empty cup. And when you're operating from an empty cup, there is no way that you can give to anyone else because you're so depleted that there's like, you don't even, you feel so unfull yourself. How could you fill someone else up? How did you start gaining that awareness? Well, I think the funny thing is I didn't really have that awareness then. I think I have it now. I think sometimes a lot of people are, you know, close to empty or half full um, and they don't even realize it because they wake up every morning and they do the do. So they do the do. They just do what they've always done and what they feel like they have to do. Exactly. And that's exactly it. They participate. They like they show up every day, but they're not invested. You know, it's like you wake up every day, you go to your work. It's that becomes that mundane kind of routine that you just fall into. And I think it happens to a lot of people. It happens to all different types of people in all different types and times in their lives. I think sometimes it happens multiple times for people, but it really wasn't until getting into the you know, the sales side, the consultant side, growing a team, having someone that is depending on you. And it puts you in this different role. Like it put me in a role that I never really had to be in. No one ever really depended on me. I mean, my dog, but it was like, you know, my stepson's older and Jer's like the primary, you know, head of household or whatever. Like no one really depended 
it's like I kind of did what I want and the money that I made was like fun or whatever. It's having a team and then having those responsibilities, it makes you dive into like the personal development, which I always thought was so cheesy. I thought it was one of those things where it was like, okay, like you're going to read this book. Some random person's going to tell you how to live your life. And they're just going to tell you like, be positive. Like, but it's so not that it really challenges you. And some of these books challenge you to look into yourself and say like, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? Um, and so I just try to put little pieces of that into my daily life. And I was telling Jerry yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I needed like the new thing I need to work on. I need to start telling people no a little bit. I feel like I got thrown into this place where it was like this leadership role, like da da. And I was just, everyone was asking so much of me that I was just like, yes, like, yes. Last night, can you jump on this call? Oh, okay. Well it's California time. So it's like midnight my time. Sure. Like, no, I shouldn't be taking a call at midnight on a Tuesday. I should be with my family or asleep. Um, so I was telling him that yesterday. I'm like, I need to start telling people now. So that's something I'm going to start working on because I'm kind of a people pleaser. Oh, me too. My sister told me something and she picked it up from somewhere else and it changed my life because I do think, especially when you're growing your business in the beginning, I do think it is great to be a yes person in the beginning. Like when you're building it, when you're like planning your roots, when you're getting that foundation, like putting yourself out there all the time, I do think there's a lot of benefit to that. But then there comes a point where it starts to really drain you and wear on you and you've built something already. You still want to, you want to nurture this. You want to take care of what you built. You don't want to spread yourself too thin anymore. So it's like my sister says now, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I love that because if you say yes to everything, you're actually saying no to what really is important to you. Like if you just let all of the riffraff, not that it's riffraff, but all of the fuzz and the white noise and the, all of the ask, the asks that people have, if you just say yes, 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 you're actually not filtering it out and you miss out on what really is important to you and what you really feel called to do, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's one of those things where you teach people how to treat you. Oh yes, Lauren. When you're always saying yes, these people don't know that you're just saying yes to like people please them or they don't know that you might be frantic and trying to schedule everything in and fit everything in. And so you teach them that it's okay to constantly ask or that you don't have a time limit or you don't have like a, hey, Sundays from here to here, I don't work, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, so in the end, it's kind of your own fault a little bit until you put your foot down and be like, okay, listen. You know, self-admittedly, I know I've been very open and I give so much, but I have got to reel it in a little bit or I'm going to get burned out. And then what I do when I get burned out is I like totally retreat mm -hmm. all the way back. And it's almost like a self-sabotage in a way because you can't, you can't do that. Like you can't have a business and pull all the way out. So that's something I think in the last couple of years I've gotten a lot better at, but that would be like my defense, like putting up that wall again, with kind of like the feeling thing. So it was like, if something got too crazy or whatever, I would just completely pull back. So what does that mean? Would you just like not answer your phone, not return emails? Like what, what does pull back look like to you? Yeah, I mean, I would like, I, there was a, I think it was a couple years ago, but I remember getting text messages from my girlfriends and I have, I was like, I felt like social media had that point had gotten so overwhelming that I'm like, it's just not adding anything to my life at this point. It's too much. It's just noise. Everyone's like, trying to be this or trying to be that or whatever. And so I literally did not post on social media for about a month. And I had people like, are you and Jared getting a divorce? Like, 
I heard you're really sick. I mean, it was like the telephone game from when you're in the third grade. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm just actually enjoying my family face to face instead of like trying to post every second about it. And I had to, I had to find that happy medium. I had to find that balance between, you know, obviously social media is a, a huge part of my business um, for hair and with money. And so I can't pull away, you know, I can't not post, but at the same time, I just don't need to be hundred percent glued all the time. But yeah. So how have you found that? How have you found that balance? Because I love hearing how people turn social media into a positive thing. Cause I feel like I struggled with that for a long time too, until I really started honing in on my podcast and posting motivational things that like, if I was going through something, if I'm going through something, I'm going to share it with my followers because I'm like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm struggling with this. Cause I'm more like a self help kind of place to stop on the Instagram reel. And so it's like, I, if I can share how I am helping get through something I'm going to, and same with like my podcast, like I get to share inspiring women like you and I get to share these stories. And so like, I found a way for myself to use social media as an empowering thing to get great messages out there to help people. And then I only follow people who inspire me. Like I do not follow people who make me feel bad about myself, who make me feel like I'm not good enough or I or just, they have a life that like, I just don't connect with, like, I just don't follow, follow anything that doesn't inspire me. So how have you turned social media into a platform to promote your business, to help women and to stay sane? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I think, I think balance is one of those things where we're always really shooting for it, but are we really ever going to get it? Right? <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Uh, I just, I try my best and I just try to be intentional. So you can't be perfect. You can't beat yourself up. There's going to be some days where maybe you should have been a little bit more present. And there's going to be some days where maybe you could have invested a little bit more time into your business or whatever you're trying to do. So I try to do like, you know, I try to mix up my feed 80, 20. So like 20% business, but 80% personal, because I think that it's, Social media is different because no one goes to say a college and talks to every single person at the college and likes every single person at the college and not liking someone or not connecting out or whatever connecting. Yeah. It, that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't think that every single person on this earth is always going to connect with each other, but on social media, it's like you're seeing all of these different things and you're supposed to just like connect. And I think instead of, disconnecting or moving along people spread bad vibes or sometimes even hate or whatever and right you have the operator boy or whoever but it's like you have the option to swipe you have the option to block you have the option to unfollow like we need to start taking more responsibility I think just in general for that because I did I there's some people where I'm like you know I used to follow them and I'm like every time I see this I feel a certain way and that's not a feeling that I want to have, you know, maybe I'm annoyed or maybe I'm like, oh my gosh, upset. Or maybe it's like, whatever. And so just like unfollow or mute or whatever. And it's like, uh, yeah, you can get a money if you have more followers or whatever, but like, what is it impacting on your life? You know, I agree. I'm the same way. I love to see positive messages. I try to spread a little bit more, but I think also, and I love, this is one thing that I love about you and your Instagram and your podcast and just the way that you live your life. Because honestly, you live your life the way your social media is. And I think that that's not always the case. And I love that you share the raw and the real and like, you know, Oh, look at this or whatever it might be. Yeah. 
how we all are. And so I, I try to mix that a little bit in. I think sometimes in a world where you have so many reality shows and, you know, so much social media and whatever, it's like, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. And you feel like you get to know people, but that's also a thing. You feel like you get to know people and you're seeing this much of their life, you know, like right. social media people choose to show you. It's not the ugly cry in the bathroom at midnight, you know, it's like, so I love that about you. And I love that about your entire platform and everything that you share. And I love it. I feel like it trickles down from your family so much because your family is just the most loving family ever. They're so much fun. The way you guys get along is like amazing. And you have really, really awesome pillars in your life. And I think that that's why you're such a badass chick because you're badass, but you're like the most caring badass ever. And I love that. I was telling um, Jake's girlfriend, my stepson's girlfriend, I was telling her last night, I'm like, Caroline is the person where when you walk into a room and you're at a party, she will be like, oh my gosh, this is Jordy. And she is awesome at softball and she's a nursing student and da, da, da. And I'm like, she just like rolls out this red carpet for you. But, but it's genuine. It's not like, it's no BS. It's just, you literally care. You want people to meet people and you're excited to introduce people and connect. And I love that. Like, I've always loved that about you. Well, that is just so sweet, Lauren. You're so kind. I really appreciate and receive that. And that means a lot to me. And I just love you so much. But I do agree. I Going back to what you're saying about social media and kind of taking a little responsibility for it, that is, I've never really heard it put that way. It's like, when you go to a buffet at a restaurant, you don't put every single thing on your plate. You pick and choose what you want. I mean, you may feel like shit after you eat it, but like it was your choice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of the same thing with social media. We have a buffet of the entire world to choose from. So it's like, you have to choose intentionally. Do I want to go to the Chinese buffet and put everything fried on there and cover it with all sorts of sauce and then afterwards feel sick and like have to lay in bed for the next day because I ate so terribly, it, it made me feel sick inside? Or do I want to eat something more nutritious? Do I want to feel some, you know, it's like, you get that choice with social media too. Do you want to fill yourself up with crap that's going to make you feel awful about yourself? Or do you want to fill yourself up with inspiring things? And, and we do have that choice. And it really, it, it all comes down to being intentional. I love that. I really haven't heard it put that way. So that is very, as Oprah says, a very aha moment for me. <laughs> I'm like the white Oprah. I get that all the time. <laughs> you are. You're so wise. So talk to me about you and Jeremy. So and for everyone, Lauren is saying Jer. We all call him Jer. That's Jeremy Popoff, her yes. husband. So talk to me about y'all's yeah. love story, how y'all met. Y'all been together a long time. Y'all surprise wedding, which was insane. And being a stepmom, kind of just like give me a, a rundown of all that. <clears throat> so I have known Jeremy like what seems like forever. Um, we met in 2006 and just like, just like met, you know, introduced, whatever. Um, we met again in 2008. We like ran into each other um, at a bar and then literally did not see him or talk to him again for like two years. So in 2010, my girlfriend and I were going out. And so I shot him a text. I'm like, hey, my girlfriend and I are going out. Like he owns a bar restaurant music venue in Orange County called The Slide Bar. So, so I'm fun. So fun. Oh, fun. It is fun. I know. Being in Nashville is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be able to be there as much, but it, we have had some amazing times there. Amazing memories, amazing times. And, um, and it's funny because it kind of all started there, but 
um, when I had texted him, he was like, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm actually, you know, here with my friend and his girlfriend at the time. And so my girlfriend and I went down there and I kind of just never left. It was just like, we hit it off. I think it was the four years of like never, we were always kind of missing each other. Was there always sort of like a connection? I think so. I mean, the first time I saw him, I thought he was cute. The first time he saw me, he thought I was married. Um, because my parents had given me like this little band for my 18th birthday. And um, I have like something in my eye. Oh, I have a sty in my eye. Don't worry. Like I, if you look on the inside of my eye, I have like a giant sty. It's awful. I think, I think my mascara is old and flaking and I think it's flaking in my eyeball. But um, <laughs> that's, why, why am I even wearing makeup? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to wear makeup in quarantine. I put on mascara today and I was like, okay. I mean, I still look like a ragamuffin, but at least I put on mascara. I know. I'm missing my eyelash extensions. Those are happening. Oh, gosh. I miss eyelash extensions more than anything in the world. My girl, Danielle, a lash out is so good. But your sister-in-law, Andy Joe, is moving to town and she does lashes too. Yeah. Our at-home salon business later. Okay, we'll get into that. Um. So... So yeah, I mean, getting back to, so my girlfriend and I went to Slidebar and he was there with his friend and we just hit it off. And I think the next day we went and had lunch and then like two days later we went out and then like three days later we went out again and it was kind of on from there. Um, it was something that I was not expecting at all. I had just gotten out of a long relationship and I was definitely not looking for another relationship. I was looking forward to like being single and just like hanging out with my girlfriends. And, um, that definitely did not happen. So it's crazy how life kind of throws you things. And when you choose to open the door, like the best thing ever is on the other side. Um, I never thought that I would be a stepmom. I mean, when Jared and I got together, I was 21. Oh my um, gosh, you were a baby. Yeah, I was a baby. I mean, I'm 32 now. And it's just these last just 10 years of my life have been so amazing. I was so blessed to be kind of brought in, if you will, to a scenario where, so Jake, my stepson, when Jared and I first started dating, Jake was seven. Um, and so I kind of got to have that like cool relationship with him because like he was older. Um, I always say like, I'm, I got to do everything except for the diapers. I got to <laughs> Because I've gotten to see him just transform into this young man, and he's bigger than me now. He's 18. Um, he goes to college. He's in a fraternity. Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the little kid that like had the long hair. That when I first walked into Jared's house for the first time, he was like trying to teach me how to levitate, listening to my. <laughs> I mean, and Jake is such a sweet guy. Like, he's so sweet. He is. He is. Like, I mean, if you look at him, he's six foot, like 190. I mean, <laughs> like built like a brick shit house. Like, but at the same time, he's just has the biggest heart. He's so sweet. Um, he's been a really great kid. And I think for someone that never was like, oh my gosh, all about kids, you know, I love kids. And I always joke and say like, I love other people's kids. So maybe that's why I got placed into this role because you know, he just, he obviously has a great dad. I mean, I might be a little biased, but he has like the best dad. Um, and his mom's amazing. And her Which and I, I think is so cool. Y'all all get along. Like that is such a blessing that Jeremy, her name is Michelle. Jeremy yeah. gets along great with Michelle. You and Michelle are friends and get along great. I mean, talk to me about that. That's amazing. 
So I think, I mean, she always says, and now I, I stole it from her, but like it takes two, which it totally does. I feel like just like any relationship, you can't have just one person trying or, or whatever. Um, but I think me not really wanting to be in a relationship at first, definitely not thinking that I was going to be a stepmom. I didn't come into the game where I was trying to like put down rules and kind of make it that I was kind of like, Hey, I'm just here. I don't even know what's going to happen with Jeremy and I, let alone, I'm not going to try to get involved and be like mama to this little kid, you know? Um, and so I think with that, I, I had a lot of space for everything to kind of work itself out and be okay. And because Michelle grew up very similar to the way I grew up, we a lot of times think the same way. I remember one time Jared got pissed and he was like, it's like you guys are ganging up on me. Like what's happening? And I think it's just life experiences. Her and I have had similar life experiences. Um, you know, our families were very similar. And so I kind of have the same like rules or whatever that she would have. So it wasn't really an issue. Um, and she's just been really cool to me, but I always kind of, especially in the beginning, it's like, okay, this is their family. Like Jared and Michelle might not be married anymore, but Jake, like this is their family. And I was coming into that. And so I think a lot of times, you know, it, it can be frustrating at times, of course, but a lot of times it's kind of like, okay, this is my new family and you're not a part of it anymore. And that just doesn't really roll. I mean, I don't even know what would happen if someone tried to do that to me right now, even with Jake not being my biological son, but I couldn't even imagine with like someone's biological child to be like, okay, like you're not a part of this. Right. I mean, we have one Christmas, we have one Thanksgiving, like one birthday party. We literally do everything together and it was just the normal. And my parents were married until my dad passed away. So I didn't have, I didn't know anything about divorced family. I didn't know. So it was just the normal to me. I was like, okay, like we're going to Michelle's house Christmas morning and we're going to do Santa. Like, okay, perfect. That's what we're doing. Um, there's definitely been moments of like, okay, I'm ready for like my family to, you know, to start and to, to kind of have my own thing and kind of do my own thing. Um, definitely. I think just after 10 years of being married and of course to college and all of that, I'm kind of like, okay, like. I'm ready, you know, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't think that Jared and I would have gotten married or lasted if Michelle wasn't the person that she was. So I, I give her a lot of credit for it as well because it has to be hard. Um, but she's like, I just thank God for you because I know that you love my son. She's like, I know that you love Jeremy and I just, that makes me feel happy. And it was funny. We've been approached a couple times about a couple different reality shows. And Michelle's always like, no, don't do it. Like you guys are, like, I don't want anything to happen to you guys. She's like, I'll just die if something happens to you guys. So it's really, it's really cool to have that kind of support too, you know? But it's also super mature. And I'm going to get back to intentional. That's what you said earlier about like your business, your Instagram, your life. It's super mature and super intentional on both of y'all's parts because it would be so easy for you to be like, get out. This is my man. I'm doing it my way. And for her to be like, you're awful. I hate you. You're like with my son and like trying to be mama or whatever, like you said, but y'all both decided to rise up and do what was 
best for Jake? What was, and then honestly, what was best for both of y'all? Cause now y'all are both happy. Everybody's happy. And instead of like having to draw this line in the sand, which I feel like so many people are not able to get above the feelings of, um, I don't know if it's ego or whatever it is, but it's like, it's a big deal to, to be married and have a kid with someone. And it's a big deal to marry someone who has a kid and all of that. And there's all these different dynamics happening, but so many people can't get above those feelings to actually get to the higher ground where the love is. And y'all, yeah. you and Michelle and Jeremy all chose that. And because of it, you've been so blessed. But I just think that that is so amazing that y'all are willing to put all of the, 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 the feelings that, you know, the, the feelings that you could have gone into if you wanted to, like the bad feelings, right. I just yeah. all decided to not go there. And that's so amazing. And because of that, you have a blessed, blessed, blended family that is like, I'm sure Jake has been so blessed by to have all these people that love him that get along, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, again, just go, I agree. Like the intentional kind of like choosing your path because you can always find bad and stuff. You all, you can always find bad and stuff, but you can always find good and stuff. And you, you see what you look for. Amen. Um, you know, like I always even say that with documentaries, like I love a good documentary, but I feel like you could prove any point that you want to prove because you're picking, choosing information, information. So you can live your life like that too. Like I can pick and choose the good and I can pick and choose the fact of like, yeah, I can go down the rabbit hole. I can be like, I want my own this. And I don't like that you guys maybe had a past. Or I don't like when you bring up the memory because it makes me feel left like, out. Or whatever it might be. But I'm just going to end up feeling bad about myself and bad about my relationship. And it's like, those, those aren't true. And who doesn't have something that happened before they were with the person that they were with? I mean, even if you guys were high school sweethearts or very first boyfriend and girlfriend, you're still going to have memories of something somewhere, you know? So it's kind of like, I think that that's what shapes you to make you, you. And if maybe if Jared and Michelle didn't have, you know, the relationship that they had and they didn't have a kid and they didn't have, I mean, where would he be now? Where would I be? So you can't control the things that you can't control. You have to just let it go. But I do give her a lot of credit because you can't be the person that's always looking for the good paired up with someone that's, you know, maybe manipulative or condescending or whatever, you know, you also give what you get or you get what you give. So it's like, I can't come out here and be the crazy person and expect her to just be cool with that. Amen to that. Like you can't be the one get, yeah. Like she said, it takes two. Y'all both decided to look for the good in each other and the good in the situation instead of looking exactly like, yeah, one can't be trying to, maintain and be good and positive and the other one stirring all sorts of stuff up you just can't maintain that balance you both have to be on the same page which is really quite phenomenal that y'all both are it takes a lot and there's definitely times i mean being a stepmom's really hard and what have been some of the hardest things that you've encountered as a stepmom i think honestly one of the hardest things is just you know you live with this person you've seen this person grow up you are it's so involved in every single aspect of their life and then some of the biggest decisions are made i mean jeremy shell are amazing parents but they're amazing parents and they make decisions and sometimes they don't need my input you know what i mean and it's not like oh get to the side it's literally just the two parents making a decision mm -hmm. there have been times where i'm like oh my gosh i mean not to put him on blast but there was times where early in high school jake was got in trouble for like social media stuff 
yeah. wasn't that big of a deal, but yeah. I came from a family where it's like, if you are on restriction or grounded or whatever it is, it's like, that's what it is. And there's no like getting off early and there's no like, Oh, I forgot that I was like on phone restriction or any of that. Right. So little things like that, which are normal, a hundred percent kid pushing button, pushing the boundaries things would just, they would irk me so bad. And I would literally have to bite my tongue because Jer would get defensive. Right. Like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm just coming from the way of like, it, but we're setting the foundation for what I mean, what I say and what I say goes. And like, this, because that's how I was brought up. My dad was pretty strict and like, he did not mess around. If you were like no TV for a week and he caught you watching TV, you were in big trouble. Like it wasn't, you know, so I, that stuff is hard for me because you know, if they said, Oh, it's been time to have his phone back or whatever, it would just, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what is this going to turn into, you know? And, and that kind of thing is hard. It's hard when sometimes it's like you live your whole life with doing all of these things for and with, you know, this child. And then at the end of the day, like your, your decision doesn't always count. Right. Right. Matter. And I think that when you feel like a parent and act like a parent and do all these parent things, and then sometimes it's just like taken away, like you're not a parent. Um, I get that. I never thought about that perspective. That makes a lot of sense. I think that for me has been the hardest <laughs> part because I'm so blessed. I can, I mean, I'm sure other people have different stories. And if you have like a crazy new girlfriend or a crazy ex-wife or whichever one, I'm sure that the stories could get even crazier. I mean, I've heard some insane stories talking to other people about being stepmoms, but I think that's been the hardest thing for me is feeling like, what the heck? I literally do everything for you. And I, you know, mush my schedule around for you. And especially when I was younger too, you know, like being 24 or 25, I mean, like, you know, it sounds stupid, but it's like, I'm not going out with my girlfriends and doing all the things that they're doing. Like I'm here, like I'm going to your, you know, choir or your band or your football games and all things that like I want to do and want to like, but then it's like, if you throw the disrespectful card in there or, you know, something happens and I feel like my decision doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. Then that was very frustrating for me. So those are the kind of things that I'd have to you know, and Jerry and I had spoke about him, but being a not feelings person, it took me a while to get those feelings out to Jerry. So I would just literally bite my tongue and then I would like get bitchy and it would be <laughs> about something that didn't matter. You would take it right. out like so dumb. And then it was like, where did that come from? And I'm like, well, it was two days ago when you told him he could do this and I didn't agree with it, you know, or you got him the Grand Theft Auto when he was eight or whatever it was. And I'm like, what? No, like, it's not how it works. How did you finally learn how to get your feelings out? Um, I think sometimes red wine helps. Sometimes <laughs> a little bit of cab. Um, but it's, it's a daily struggle for me, honestly. I'm very internal. I would rather like deal with something myself, which a lot of times means not dealing with it and just kind of like moving on than like really approaching it because – I'm not a confrontational person. If it becomes confrontational, then like I definitely will stand up for myself, but I just, I would rather avoid the conflict. So if I think it in my head that, oh, it's going to go this way, I almost always just don't say it. And it takes me a while to kind of get it out because I'm like, it's just going to be an argument. And at the end of the day, it's why, you know, going back to the Jake thing, if I bring up like, Oh, I'm pissed about this. Like, is he really going to change his mind? Because I'm upset with the decision that he made as a parent. Like probably not. So why would I bring it up? We're just going to argue about it. You know, he's going to think that 
I'm saying that he's a bad dad because he's not strict enough or whatever. And so I would just not say it. But at the end of the day, it starts to really eat you alive. It's like secrets and fear are poison. And so that fear of getting into an argument would stop me from expressing my feelings. And then it would turn into an argument about something else because, you know, I would be, I would pull back and so I'd be on my phone all night or I would say a snark comment about something or whatever. And, and at the end of the day, we would end up getting in an argument <laughs> anyway. So I should probably just be arguing about the thing that I want to be arguing about, you know? <laughs> That's very I, wise of you, Lauren. I think I honestly, I'm like on this new fear thing. I like was reading this book and it's just all about like shifting your mindset. And I even posted something on my Instagram yesterday because it's, I honestly feel feel like fear is the biggest poison that we can have right now. And I think it goes in all aspects, business, life, social, whatever, but fear, you have to find a way to confront it, whether you are still scared of it or not, but you have to like acknowledge it. Yeah. Like you have to what? I would say like you got to pet that dog. Like the little little kid that's like afraid of the dog. And then they finally like pet the dog and they're like, now they're the biggest dog lover. You know, it's like that. Like just pet the dog. The dog's probably nice. It just like has a little school and it looks mean, but it doesn't have rabies. You're fine. Pet the dog. (laughs) I totally agree. Um, I love Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love and Big Magic, two of my favorite books. And she was talking about that you have to like, let fear get in the car with you and sit in a passenger seat, not the driver's seat, but it's like you're driving, love is driving, your purpose, your intention, your true self is driving, but fear is going to be sitting right next to you and you're going to have to look over there and like acknowledge it. You can hear what it has to say because it's just trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe, but really you just don't have to, you don't have to receive what it's saying. Like you can hear it, acknowledge it. Like you said, pet that dog. But then you're like, okay, thank you for piping up and thank you for what you had to say. I am not choosing to follow your lead. I'm going to follow the lead of love and my purpose and my truth that I feel inside. But you have to like really take the time to separate it and not kind of what you start. This whole conversation has been, you really have to be intentional about listening to it and hearing it and getting the message that it's trying to tell you, but then also realizing I'm not receiving that, but it's all, you can't just react and do, you have to think about it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a hard thing because I think a lot of times we're impulsive. I know I'm very impulsive. I'm like, Oh, see it, want it, get it done. Um, but you really have to take a step back and you have to choose. And so you could choose fear or you could choose to try. And I think at the end of the day, if you try, even if you fail, at least, you know, like, okay, well now I know I failed at that. Or now I know that I can do that better. Um, but fear will just stop you every time. It will just eat you alive. And it, it actually scientifically, um, it's shown in studies, you know, people that have fear or anxiety or depression and it starts to kind of, Oh, why can I never think of the words when I want to, but it like show itself in other ways, you know, like illness or manifest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Manifest itself in other ways. And I think it's so true because I, it's really the biggest poison. So I'm on this new, like choose faith. Like you got to do it. You got to just confront it and you have to just try because the things that you get after you do it, like the emotions that you get after you've confronted your fear are some of the best feeling emotions ever. And I think that if you could just get to that point, it's going to be so much worth it. Like it's going to be so worth it to just get there. Amen Mm -hmm. to that. 
So briefly, I just want to touch about this. We don't have to go into this because I don't even know your feelings about this. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. <clears throat> but you mentioned you lost your dad. How did you process that? How do you deal with, because there's a lot of fear. A lot of us have a lot of fear with losing someone and having one of the worst things happen is losing someone you love. How do you move through that? Um, I did not do it very well. So I feel like this will be a great example of what not to do. Well, I don't think there's any good way to move through to do that. It was so crazy. Um, so my dad passed away from melanoma, skin cancer, and he had a spot on the top of his head. So he had had um, testicular cancer when I was like in the fourth grade. And so he went in yearly for cancer screenings. So about six months after Jared and I started dating, he went in for like his normal screening and they saw like a couple spots on his lungs and stuff. And then they ended up finding the mole on the top of his head. So they did reconstructive surgery, like picked the whole thing out. And from about nine months after that day, he had like three or four more surgeries and it was just, and then he passed. So it was very fast and definitely like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I was very close to my dad and I just went down the rabbit hole. Like so I was like barely eating, but not like not trying to like not eat. I was just like the no appetite. Off. Yeah. It fell off. And then you're having the bar was a great distraction, but it probably wasn't the healthiest distraction. So, you know, we'd be hanging out with friends every night and it was just like cocktails, 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 and then like sleeping in and then waking up and like cocktails. And I don't want to say it was like alcohol, but it was definitely how I was processing my feelings because not talking about them was really bad. Like I probably, should, I mean, there were times where I was like, I maybe should like go see someone because I just don't know that these are normal feelings and I don't know how to like really process them. And Jared and I were arguing a lot and it was really hard too because Jared's drummer, um, Alan, so he passed away a brain cancer and my dad passed away a brain cancer when it spread to his brain. So I, again, like didn't want to bring it up because I'm like, I don't want to bring up horrible feelings of Jared's friend brother, like passing away because now like my dad and we were so new. I mean, we've been together like six months when my dad passed but thank God that I had him because I couldn't imagine going through that like alone or even like with my mom because my mom is way more on the emotional side. So sometimes we don't click. We like miss each other because it's just too much. I'm like, I can't. Like you got to bring it down a little bit. Um, so I think we would have butt heads if I would have had like only her to have that kind of outlet. But I had a lot of guilt because I, I hate hospitals. I hate like sick people. So it makes you feel bad. It just makes you feel a hundred percent. And I was that person where I was like, I don't want to remember my dad like that. So I didn't see him as much as I should have at the, at the very end. And then the passing was like so fast. So that was hard for me. And he was on hospice in my parents' living room. So that was hard for me too, because I'm like, I don't want to go to my house that I grew up in and see my dad in the living room, like in a hospital bed. Like, so the avoiding, which is kind of how I had processed a lot of my feelings, like really like kicked me in the butt because it, by avoiding the situation and not wanting to deal with the feelings, then came extra feelings of guilt of like, well, I should have been there. And like my mom and sister were helping and I wasn't really helping. I was like going to see Jer on tour or whatever. And like in this new relationship. And that's how I distracted myself was with my relationship. 
So I would change things if I could go back, but I think that it made me a better person now looking back. Because you probably realized that maybe was the beginning of realizing that you didn't, that the avoiding wasn't working. Like it, it didn't actually pan out in the long run, maybe. Yeah. And I think once it started affecting like me and Jared's relationship that way, where it was like, we were arguing, I was drinking way too much. I was like, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but I am like, I'm a pretty good drinker. Pat myself on the back. I feel like I like handle my liquor like pretty well. So I was not, I was not handling my liquor well at all. Um, I was like hot mess express and then Jared and I were fighting. So I had to like realize that and then I had to change something. And I think that was kind of just starting to process the feelings, but it was so hard. I mean, it was literally like, I was just crying at the drop of a hat and then arguing. I mean, I was like the whole spectrum of emotions, but I think but should- Lauren, that's really normal. And you should, for you should not feel bad and you should not beat yourself up over how you dealt with the hardest thing you've ever had to encounter because who knows how to deal with this stuff? You know, like you learn after you go through these things, like what felt good, what felt bad, what you changed, what you didn't. But like when, especially at such a young age, you're in your early twenties. It's like when you're dealing with something so heavy, you can't be, you can't do it right. You can't do it perfect. And even when we're older and we have more wisdom, we can't do it right. You know, it's just like, those are the hardest things in life. And you, sometimes you just have to get through it the best that you can and learn whatever lessons come after. Because I mean, how, how, there's no handbook on how to handle that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's so true. I don't know. I feel like death is like the biggest fear, right? Like we all like don't want to die. Like we don't want our loved ones to die. Like that's like the biggest fear of all fears. And then just like having to, I mean, there's no, there's no change in that. So you have to confront it, but it was very hard. Like, and it's, you're always just like, what if, you know, like I have, I have so much fear of my fear of death is for like me, I just, I don't even like saying it, but being a new mom, I worry so much about Sonny's life, you know, like that's like a huge fear. So how do you, after experiencing that, how, what is the other side like when you lose someone? Like, especially like now that you're years past, like what, what is the, the, what is this? this is, if there, is there, is, is there any silver lining on the other side? Like what have you gained from that? I think, you know, it, it definitely makes you grateful for what you have. Um, it makes you grateful for what you had. And I think for me, it made me, it switched my, um, my mindset when it came to kind of like being a parent in a way, because you realize, you know, how many things they've done or all the things that they, you know, did for you. But then you also are like, the only thing you have when someone passes is the memories. So it makes you want to create those memories with the people that you have now. I think that was, that was the biggest thing. Like just, you know, looking back because I'm always like, Oh my gosh, like he would have been the best grandpa to Jake, you know, little things like that. But now it's like, okay, I'm going to try to make those memories now. And I'm always like telling Jared, my parents, I grew up going to the river and my parents have a river house. And so I'm like, we need to take Jake out there. Like we, why has he not wakeboarded? Why has he not too? Why has he not done all these things that I did? Like now it's like, Hey, my dad's gone. So I want to do these things with him. And so that's the fun part. That's the silver lining of the cool thing. You can, you can, kind of reincarnate all of those things that you're missing or that went away and you could make new versions of it. 
and do it in honor of them because you created so many great memories with your dad. It's like, okay, I want to create, I want to create, I want to continue that legacy on in my life with my family, like he did with your family. That's really beautiful, Lauren. I love that. That's awesome. Kind of try to switch it because it's terrible, you know, but it's like you just make, you make the best of it. You literally have no control over it. So you just make the best of it. And I think I was very fearful that I was going to remember him like that like at the very end when he was sick, but you don't, it's crazy. Jared was like, you won't, like you will not. And I'm like, yes, I will. How am I ever going to get that out of my head? But you don't like when I think of him now, it's all like good, fun, normal, like memories, you know, I think your mind kind of just blocks it out for you and takes you back to like the good times. So that's really, I love that. I love that thought. So Quickly tell me, and then we're gonna have to wrap up because I can't believe we were talking an hour. I freaking love, I love getting to have this kind of conversation with you. We talk all the time, but I love having an, an in-depth conversation with you. It's so true. I feel like, you know, you don't really always go that deep and it's, it's nice. I don't know. Again, like I was a little bit, not scared, but I was a little <laughs> anxious and now I, I feel better. I'm like, well, damn, I'm just going to say it. Yes. Amen. Just say it. So quickly tell me about you and Jeremy's love and just what it's like being married to a rock star, how you've navigated that. And then y'all's pop-up wedding. And then we're gonna have to wrap up. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, you know what it's like. You, you live the life. It is a crazy fun roller coaster ride. And on the list with being a stepmom, I never thought that I would be married to someone in the music industry on stage going on tour. Um, I kind of got thrown into it because the first year that we were together, he went on tour for like four, almost four months. And so that was obviously something I'd never dealt with before. But at the same time, it was kind of like, I didn't know any different. It was like, okay, this, we were just starting our relationship and this is how it started off as. And so I just rolled with it. But it's so fun. You get to meet so many different people. I met so many amazing people um, over, you know, the course of it. And I think it's also kind of brought us together a little bit. I mean, I joke now I'm like, I'm like, when are you going on a weekend gig? Like, holy smokes, you've been home for like, like <laughs> get like, out of the house. <laughs> I need my, my girl time, my Sunday brunch, you know, I need them to come over and watch the bachelor. Um, so there's that, but it's just, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a whirlwind. It's so fun. I think the one, I guess it's a plus and a downfall, but it really makes you spoiled. It really makes you spoiled when you go to shows. Right. Like Cause you're you like backstage on a tour bus. You have everything. It's a whole little world backstage. It is. And it's like, you kind of just get used to it. And then like when you have to go regular, it's like, Oh, okay. I have to like wait in the Uber line or like, do, I mean, it sounds so terrible, but it's just what we're used to, you know? It's like, that's all I know. Um, so yeah, it's been crazy. We, so we've been together 10 years and uh, married for five. And so our wedding was the craziest thing in the entire world. Ever. I cannot believe Jeremy pulled this off. I, <laughs> we joke about it. And after it happened, he literally said, I don't know if I should be like stoked that you didn't notice or like why, where were you at? And I'm like, I don't know if I should be thankful for the surprise wedding or if I should be scared that you could literally lie to my face for six months and I didn't catch on. <laughs> so we, that's, our, that's our running joke. You know, both of us are like, what's happening? Um, but yeah, so I basically told him, um, 
think like four or five years into our relationship, I'm like, listen, I am not a peer pressure person. I do not want you to feel like you have an ultimatum. I do not want any of that, but I have to get these feelings out because I was starting, you know, you get to a point in your relationship where everyone's always asking you, you know, and, and it never ends. The question just changes, but it's like, when are you guys getting married? And then when are you guys having kids? And then, so literally all of my friends, all of my family were like, when are you guys getting married? You know, we've been together five years. And so I told him, I'm like, I just want to let you know that it is important to me to be married at some point. But I said, I also love our relationship. And so I'm not ready to just end it because you might not want to get married again. But I just want to let you know that I would love to be married. So I'm like, please don't even answer me now. Like, I don't want to, this isn't an ambush, but I want you to think on it because if you don't ever want to get married again, I want you to at least tell me so we can make that decision together instead of me waiting for something because it literally got to the point where we would like go places and I'm like, it's probably going to happen. And all my girlfriend's like, it's probably going to happen. And then it wouldn't. And then I'd be like upset. Right. So I need to just get it out. So we went to Palm Desert one weekend and we went with our friends and we used to take little vacations with them all the time. So that part wasn't weird at all. Um, we, we're going out to dinner one night and, um, and we <laughs> went to a bar after and we ran into some of our friends who have a house in Palm Springs. And so that wasn't weird. We were all just like hanging out or whatever. And so the next day we went to go out to dinner for, it was like a late birthday, um, thing for me, uh, birthday trip, a late birthday trip. And so we went out to dinner and we were just going to, Jared said, we just have to pick up some friends on the way. And, um, we have these friends and, um, the wife's dad is a banker, like a crazy like banker. And so he's well off. So we pull into this property and it's like this five acre horse ranch and it's gorgeous. And he was like, Oh yeah, this is Lynn's dad's place. And I'm like, this totally is Lynn's dad's place. Like just ate it, ate it, like drink the Kool-Aid. I'm like, yes, this is totally Lynn's dad's place. Oh my gosh, whatever. And so I'm over there like petting this little baby horse and he's like trying to get my attention. And he's like, babe, come over here, come over here. And I'm like, well, look at the horse. And he's like, okay, come over here. So he kind of like walks me in front of the horse crawl and he gets on one knee and proposes. And oh. I, oh my God. Like I was blindsided. I had no idea that this was coming. I was so shocked. And so he said, um, so you, you really want to get married? And I'm like, yes, like, I, I love you. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. He's like, well, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, that's why I just said yes. Like, this is how this works. Right? I mean, I know it's my first time, but this is how it works. And he was like, yeah, let's do it right now. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, let's do it right now. I'm like, okay. Like, I am just so I love that about you, Lauren. You're like, sure, let's go. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And so I turned around and all of our friends, well, not all, it, the way he invited people was actually crazy. He told them that it was my surprise birthday party. So he did not tell anybody that it was a wedding. The only person he told was Jake and my mom and his parents. So his brother did not know. My sister did not know. Well, and Jamie Johnson, because he was the wedding officiant, like, yeah, right? Jamie Johnson was our reverend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the craziest thing. I literally came walking down the aisle and I'm like, you can even see it in our wedding video. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jamie. And my mom was showing the video to one of her friends. She's like, did she say Jeremy or Jamie? I'm like, I said Jamie. I knew Jared was going to be up there. At least I hope so. Um, but yeah, I think we turned around. All of our friends and family were there. And 
he walks me back around the house to this back house, like this guest house that the property had. And in there is like two wedding dresses, like three pairs of shoes, jewelry, like hair and makeup, like the whole nine. And he was like, okay, like you have 40 minutes. We have to do this before the sun goes down. And I just went in there and I guess like him and my girlfriend, Katie had gone wedding dress shopping for me. And she I cannot like, believe that, that they picked out your wedding dresses and nailed it. Picked up. I mean, it fit amazing. And it was, yeah, so it was a cra- I mean, I still stumble on my words about it because it was the craziest thing. So while I was getting ready, he went out and told everyone like, okay, we're getting married. And everyone was like, wait, what? And then he literally had road crew, like they went at a concert, come in and set everything up. So nothing was set up when I walked in because obviously then I would have known something was weird. So he literally had roadies like throw the venue together while I was getting ready. And then he did everything. I mean, he got the cake, he did the flowers, he got the wedding planner, he picked all the music, he literally did everything. I cannot believe that. I know, it's literally, and you know, a lot of people ask me, they're like, but how'd you feel about that? Like, how did you feel about, you know, not getting able to pick your wedding dress or or not being able to pick bridesmaids or flowers? I'm like, I don't give two shits about what color the napkins are. Like, I literally (laughs) don't care. I was also maid of honor for my sister's wedding during this time. So I was helping her plan all of the things. And and I'm like, I don't want to taste the cake. Like, I know what I like. I don't need to like taste a bunch of flavors. I'm just not about that. And it also just, it made me feel so like accepted is maybe a weird word to put it, but that's honestly how I felt because by him doing all of this without me knowing, it was like the biggest proof to me that he really wanted to do this because that was my biggest fear was that like, okay, I'm going to tell him that I want to get married. He's going to not want to get married or break up with me. Or he's going to just begrudgingly do it for me. Like he'll do it begrudgingly. Yeah. He'll feel bad. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't want to feel that. And I mean, I didn't feel an ounce of that. It was just like, holy shit. I like, believe it. he made you feel so loved. Yes. Like he, every detail he planned, he did. It was all him from his heart to have the most beautiful wedding day for you and surprise you with it. Exactly. Like I totally get that. I love, Oh man. I love that story. Okay. So I'm going to wrap up with, I always wrap up with leave your light and basically just a broad question, whatever comes to mind first, what do you want people to know? Um, I want people to know that it's okay to just be you and do do you, but on your own timeline, like just try things. Like I want people to just challenge themselves and to try things because I think if we all get out of our own head a little bit, start trying new things, start letting ourselves become a little bit more vulnerable, it will all kind of bring us together. I think vulnerability can be really scary, but at the same time, it's one of those things that really connects people. And that's why people bond over, you know, the loss of someone or a tragic event or whatever, because that vulnerability allows your heart to open up. So just, if everyone could be a little bit more vulnerable and challenge themselves a little bit more, I think this world could be, could change for the better. Love that. Lauren, you're the best. Okay, don't hang up. I'm going to stop recording. I love that we had this conversation. You're just the greatest. I love you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks for coming on. Okay, bye. Don't don't hang up. Bye. <laughs>
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.